This is Heavy Radio, episode 44, joined by the most awesome Frederick Nordstrom. And the uh, so you've been a part of Dream Evil, formed Dream Evil, but worked with so many awesome bands, uh, just to name a few, At The Gates, Arch Enemy, In Flames, Opeth, and... Uh, and so you have the studio, Studio Studio Fredman, and uh, you can check out that at studiofredman.com. We also and, have, uh, like, more modern band, like uh, Bring Me the Horizon, Architects. Recently, we did Obscura, if you know this tech band. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you about Obscura here coming up, so I'm looking we'll forward get, to that. We'll one. get into that, yes. And... Uh, well, yeah. So, what uh, what that you can talk about? Have you been working on most recently? Uh, I just actually finished a band this Friday called Hexis. They are uh, kind of uh, what should I say? A little bit black metal, uh, doom. Uh, pretty cool band, actually, to be honest. And they they planning on a worldwide tour with three hundred fifty shows next year. Wow. That's- that's, That's a, yeah, that'll be an impressive feat. Yeah, and they organizing everything by themselves. Yeah, hopefully that works out better not to have all of the different people involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you're, I know, obviously you uh, are closely associated with Gothenburg, Sweden, your studios in Gothenburg. And the Gothenburg sound is uh, very connected to you, along with all these great bands um, like In Flames and Arch Enemy and all Soil Work. Uh, so, at what point? Uh, I guess, how do you feel about the Gothenburg uh, sound and that label? And do you think uh, when did you realize like that uh, that was becoming a thing when you were in it? Was there a point? Yeah, you were worldwide like, oh, man. phenomena. Yeah, I've just heard talk. People start talking about it. I was just like, <laughs> back then I was so occupied being in the studio. I spent 12, 14 hours every day, seven days a week, and didn't have a vacation for five or six years. I was kicked out from my from our family actually because I was never home. Uh, so I was just like so into recording, recording and learning and learning. But the big change for me was, uh, I think, when after we. Slaughter of the Soul was released with At The Gates. And uh, I was also kind of, because I was in the middle of the divorce there, and I was like, like, I went on on that recording like a fucking maniac. (laughs) And I was mixing, 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 and I was never satisfied. I was going to have it better, 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 better. And then when it was released, of course I thought it was a good album. Uh, Then then I start. Uh, then the phone starts ringing from all around the world, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> do uh, do you ever like? Do you find a lot of bands come to you and they're like, just want that exact style? Do you ever get tired? Are you sometimes like, "Let's mix things up, guys. We don't gotta, we don't gotta sound <laughs> like the '90s anymore." <laughs> no, I, I, I never, I never try to sound like the '90s. I know that. We have another company called Freeman Digital there, and people are like, you know, the, we have released an, uh, a plug-in in guitar amplifier where I've used yep. all my like, cabinets and stuff I'm, I'm having in the studio. So I'm really proud of that, actually. But they ask for, like, the colony guitar sound. 
and I'm like, come on, it's 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, be, you can be, to like, be honest, as a as a metalhead growing up in the USA at that time period, that those bands, that's music that you worked on really like stood out above everything else. To me, there's some really timeless, like especially um uh especially Clayman, the the recording there. Like that does not sound stuck in that time. That's just a very timeless, awesome recording. And it just seems so much just to I, I love like um you know heavy metal like Dio and and uh Iron Maiden and that was like at that time period there was like very few bands that really captured that majesty but so many of the bands you were working with I think did capture you know what I loved about heavy metal so I would say to your credit it, I, I don't look at it as stuck in a certain time it was very timeless I think a lot of those recordings yeah, actually, Clayman was was an album that uh, I spent a lot of time on, like arranging the album, uh, because the the guys in the band I like to drink this light beer kind of three point five <laughs> and sitting and get a bit drunk and and you know creating music. So there were a lot, lot of there was another guy involved also called Charlie Storm. He should do all the keyboards and he said he want to be a part when we start listening to the demos. And he used to stand up after eight songs and say, this is not an album. You have to fix this. Call me when you're done. And he left the studio. <laughs> then, I, then I went, I, th I think I spent a week of rearranging the album to like get it into what I think is pop form formula. Uh, because I'm, I'm grown up with pop music. And uh, so like make the songs, focus on what's important. And that's have been with the Flames also. It's like, uh, you know, they have always had strong melodies. So that's always something I've been working on to, you know, highlight. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, with the Gothenburg sound, when I think of that sound, the one thing I think about is how all those bands, like they bring, they're heavy and sometimes very heavy, but there's always that underlying melody and it's, it's, uh, it just yeah. gets stuck in your head and it's, you can't really. It's there's a reason it works and there's a reason it. it blew yeah, up so I remember. Much. I think it was the first, uh, first in Flames album, and they came to me with this, with a CD. I think it was Cannibal Corpse or something like that, and they said this is how it's gonna sound. And I listened to that and I said, but you sound way better. Why should we listen to this? So I just ditched the CD and uh, start working. Uh, you know, with. I, w I was very unexperienced with metal music back then, actually. So that album maybe is not the best sounding, but I, I think we'll, we'll actually we'll get into the tracks we're adding just because we naturally went there. So the first track that I was adding to the playlist is "Behind Space" from from that first In Flames release, "Lunar Strain," and you were uh, credited as an engineer on that recording. Yeah. What's uh, from all the different uh, sort of. Uh, studio positions you've worked over the years, engineer, producer, mixing. Uh, do you have a favorite role that to play if you got to choose what one you were on a record? Do you prefer any of them over the others? Uh, no, but it, there's like certain parts of recording that I have a lot of fun with, like doing all melodies, clean guitars, all that stuff. I think it's very fun. Uh, now these days, I, because I've been training so much, um, I think mixing is a, is is pretty fun. But also, yeah, but 
all that stuff. Yeah, but it's like helping out band, like uh, like I did with that In Flames Clayman album, re- rearranging the whole album. It was just like uh, a fun part. Awesome. Uh, do uh, do you recall? So you as an individual going back to the roots, do you recall when you first crossed paths with rock and roll, heavy music? Uh, do you have any memories of how that, oh, where oh, that yeah. transpired? Yeah, because we had like a rehearsal space. Uh, it was like a, what can we call, like a group of band that shared rehearsal rooms. So we had two hours, two times a week. And one day I came to the rehearsal space too early for some reason. I was always late back then. And I heard this noise inside the rehearsal room. So I put in the key, open up slightly and look in. And there is Oscar Dronjak standing and growling with Jesper Strömblad on drums. And Oscar Dronjak was playing guitar. And there was uh, uh, one of the Evers brothers. He was also playing guitar. no, 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 no. Sorry. Jesper was playing. I think he was playing. Yeah, he played guitar there also. And there was a guy, Marcus, played the drums. And I was like, what the fucking hell is this? Because I never heard death metal before. I was, And then the other guys in my band came and I said, have you heard what they're doing in there? Yeah, yeah, it's called, <laughs> it's called death metal. And I was like, what the fuck? It's something terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> and I, I, I had just by them built my own first studio and then we had a meeting and they telling we have got a record deal which was like the biggest dream for all bands in that uh, rehearsal space and I was like, how the fuck did they get the recording <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm just go straight to Oscar and say you know what I have a recording studio you can come to my studio and record your album yeah but we are planning to go to another studio you can come and watch the studio and we, I double the amount of time you're going to get compared to the other studio <laughs> if you come to my studio. And then we recorded that album. Uh, uh, that was my first death metal album. With, uh, it's uh, Fuck. Uh, Ceremonial Oath is the name mm. of the band. And I actually remixed it for a couple of years. And I realized why I didn't understand anything because it's so untight so badly played (laughs) (laughs) so a lot of the uh individuals you worked on when uh, on those in flames records i guess they're they're getting back together in a group called the halo effect are you are you going to be do you know if you're going to be involved in that in any way no i i don't think so Uh, cool i was curious if you if you had heard of that yeah, I, yeah, I, I heard about it because it's all over the internet all the time, or Facebook. Uh, but I don't know what they are up to actually. To be honest. Speaking of, uh, real quick, speaking before we'll move on from Inflames. I know we've been talking about Inflames a lot, um, but I was just curious if you got a chance to hear the remastered edition that uh, I think it was Ted Jansen did the remaster. Or re-recorded, is it? Well, they did some awesome. re-recordings, and then I think it was also remastered the original Clayman album. I was curious, like, what your thoughts were on that, if if you had any input, or if it was just like doing their own thing. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, Chris Lord Algy who mixed it. So oh, yeah. if they, they, if, if he is the one of the best mixer in the world, then I must be the one of the best mixer in the universe, because it doesn't sound especially good. But my other thing with that, which I think maybe is more important. It's like I can see some development in like 
Anders how he sings, he made put in more melodies and stuff like that. Because I was a people contacted me like for a week, several times every day about just this <laughs> re recording <clears throat> of, of the of the Clayman album. And yeah, I don't know where the quality control came in there, but it <laughs> seems to fell in between the shares. But music wise, yeah. I think they do good. But yeah, it's weird. I mean, a lot of times when a band does that, it is, you know, the same people or mostly the same people. And now it's a lot of different people reinterpreting the music. Yeah. yeah. What's the first track you're adding to the playlist, Eric? Um, so actually, the first one I was going to go into, I know the intro we had mentioned, uh, you'd been working with Obscura recently. Uh, yeah. For their their new upcoming album, A Valediction, and actually it's coming out November nineteenth, so we're pretty close to that yeah. release date. Um, yeah, they, they say that that that's their soft album. Uh, <laughs> uh, to be honest, they went to me because they would have my pop influences, and I have never recorded a more technical album than that, and they do it well, really well. And I think it's like there you also find some. Actually, like if you listen to Stefan when he sings, he has some of this uh, at the gates sound in his voice. And yeah, yeah, I enjoyed a lot of doing that album. It was a lot of fun. Very, very, very professional people. Yeah, the track I was going to highlight off that was When Stars Collide. And I think that really does hit on what you mentioned almost a little bit at the gates, uh, some hints of that yeah. in their sound. Isn't, isn't there uh, that, that Björn Street sings on? There's what? What'd you say? Sorry. Bjorn Street doing a guest appearance on the oh, yeah. that album. Yep. Yeah, that, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. So that's the song. He sings in the middle and in the end of the song. Okay. Uh, yeah. That, uh, that was one of my uh, crazy ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, uh, it kind of coincides with. So the next track I'm adding is comes from At the Gates from Slaughter of the Soul, and uh, the song I'm adding is Cold. So you also got to work with on on this track of course andy de la rope yes uh what do you recall that 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 time period and working in the studio on that album what comes to mind there yeah but there was there was a lot of hard work and and as the idea with the slaughter of the soul was it's going to sound like a machine but the drummer couldn't play to click back <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a pretty challenge. We want it to sound like a machine, but no click track. <laughs> so the whole album is recorded without click track. And remember back back in the days there was analog tape. So punching in on the drums was a really hard thing. Because <laughs> you have to hit in between the snare drum and the bass drum. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you can get the double sound and then you have to go back a little bit more. And Adrian, the drummer, he was working so hard on the drums. So like the recording room was like in, uh, like a football uh, dressing room or something like that. It smelled so much uh, sweat. <laughs> is that uh, is that the only time you worked with Andy LaRocque on that track? <clears throat> no, we have done some other stuff also. Right? Don't remember exactly. He had been in the studio a couple of times. He's a good friend of mine. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, so. I think he has. He's been a producer on a number of songs too. Or doesn't he has his own studio too? Sonic Train. Yeah. Yes, that's great. Cool. Awesome. Um, what's the next track that you were adding, Eric? 
So I was going to uh, Opeth, and this is actually my favorite Opeth album that I know you worked on, uh, Still Life, from back in 1999. Uh, the track I was picking was Serenity Painted Death. I just That's well, probably my favorite Opeth song of all time, just the riffs and the melodies. I, and I, I, I had no clue what song it is. Do you know why? <laughs> why is that? They have working titles on the songs, so that probably was called Morbid, Morbid Angel 2 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it with the riffs in that, too. I could, I could definitely see a Morbid Angel 2 vibe going on in that one. Yeah, yeah we did an album. We did a, he did an acoustic uh, song. It, called, it was called Credence in the studio. I don't know what's happened with that on the album, but it's a very good song. I remember. Do you have any uh, specific memories working with Opeth at all? or? Back in the days, there were like a kind of bunch of hippies. It was like <laughs> early in the middle of the recording. Yeah, let's go out and buy some vinyl. And just left the studio. And then <laughs> they come like 11, 12 o'clock in the night to the studio. And then they were sitting there recording, drinking red wine with candles. And <laughs> so Now I think their new mu- it really comes out in their new music. It's almost more progressive rock almost. Yeah. The uh, the next track that I'm adding here from your history, it looks like credits you as engineering and mixing. It is Hammerfall with Heating the Call. Oh. And uh, this, this is from Legacy of the Kings, came out in oh. 1998. That's the second album? Yes. Okay. I didn't get credit as a producer for that. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yes, producer also. Yeah, because I remember uh, Joachim, the singer, he said, uh, okay, we were sitting in the studio and talking, and I, and I had two chairs next to the console. And he said, you have to buy one more chair. Why? Because we're going to be three producers now. Oh, okay. And then he just gets super sick when we start to record it. And he was almost on his way to not be well until we did a vocals recording so he was didn't put his feet in the studio until this was a thing but now i have three pairs <laughs> yeah so i mean that's also another thing to mention is that so i mean that's a pretty uh, a lot of people talk about that album when they talk about the power metal genre so another kind of landmark album for for a different genre in, in power metal with hammerfall on that uh, legacy of kings album but you know what? I have to give Hammerfall a lot of credits because I've done the three latest albums with them. And the band just get better, better and better. Songwriting, play-wise, everything. So they are like pushing me to be better also. Yes, so I, I think that's the best kind of creating music is always the best when the, the all the people that work on the music kind of push each other and, and take it to new heights. Yeah. So yeah, but it's it's just like, well, that's that's very challenging to work with them actually, and fun. No. Yeah. Um, what's uh, what's yeah, your was, next track? Eh? So I was gonna add a uh, soil work track next. Uh, the opening track off Natural Born Chaos. This was Follow the Hollow, um, and I think this album really kind of is what yeah. kind of blew it's, up soil work. So. Yeah, is that the one with the super cool melody in? Yeah, I guess you could describe a lot of work probably with super cool melody, but yeah, definitely. I, oh, think. I, I remember I was 
they sent me the pre-production. I, I went totally bananas over one song because there was a super melody and I tried to get it in on several places in the song, but it didn't work. But I was, I remember I was running in an apartment and I was super excited. It's like that melody on, on Clayman also. Yep. Yes. I think Soil Work in particular too, those melodies like really, that's what influenced the whole like two, whole 2000s in American heavy metal, like uh, the whole like Shadows Fall, uh, Slam of God, uh, uh, all those bands as well, I think uh, left a last, lasting impression. Obviously that, that signature are, are sound. Gonna, are you going to play in a deal? Uh, we actually, we just had... Um, we, our last guest was Ralph Sheepers from Primal Fear, and he brought Dio with All the Fools Sailed Away. So we had just cranked that recently, yes. Uh, because he's, 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 he's my favorite, all-time all favorite singer. I'm actually, I'm wearing a Dio shirt right now. I, it's from yeah, um, Strange Highways. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I love Dio. Uh, been honored you know uh, lucky enough to see him many many times and um it was actually on my my 21st birthday uh, i saw him at a uh it's a legendary venue here called the surf ballroom it was uh, known because it was the last venue that buddy holly played at before this plane crash um but but dio performed and anthrax opened up for him and it was my birthday and the, the band found out. So Rudy Sarzo was the bass player at the time and he brought me back and, and introduced me to everybody. It was an awesome, it was a magical night. Oh, so fantastic. Yeah, no, we always, Dio is uh, beloved here and we crank his music uh, often. So we just recently cranked All the Fools Sailed Away specifically. Uh, but we'll add it, yeah, we'll add it, whatever you wish. Is there a Dio song that comes to mind that you want uh, to play? Uh, I think Don't Talk to Strangers. Just like the intro of the song is so amazing. The yes. Voice, yeah. Oh, I love it. Even, I think yeah. I know it's like a jewelry or something like that, but it's still it's, every time I, I just go bananas. It's just like so good, and I'm also a big ABBA fans, but that may be not the right forum. Actually, Ralph said the same thing. I think a lot of um, there's a lot to be be said about <laughs> about the musical yeah. quality. Listen, listen to like that song Super Trooper. I think it's recorded '74 or something like that, and the production is just like amazing. And what that guy, like how they do everything, is just fantastic. And the the band, uh, what Ghost did, what is it, Marionette? I actually thought that was really cool. Um, wasn't that an ABBA song, Marionette? Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, get a chance to check out the latest ABBA album? I know they just came out with like a new album. I listened to the to some of the songs uh, that they released, like the single one. And well, yeah, it's, it sounds cool, but uh, uh, no, I like the old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the best ABBA for me like has a little bit of a, a darker aspect to it. Like they do have some of the songwriting gets a little a little dark if you dive past like the ones everybody yeah. knows. They made David made a movie about a movie, and there on the opening track, I think it is, it's called the Eagle. It's just like if you like to smoke weed, do that and listen to that song, <laughs> and you fly away. Yes. 
Yes. Um, so the the next track that I'm adding comes from from your band that that you were there at the founding, Dream Evil, and uh, the track I'm going with is "Save Us" from 2002 Dragon Slayer. And this uh, this when this came out, honestly, this was like a breath of, of fresh air for me because this was right up my alley in terms of, of heavy music. Like this was what I was waiting for. Um, and then, so did the name come as a as like an homage, an homage to Dio? Is that yeah. where where you got the name from? Yeah, it's when I was sitting in the studio when we was uh, doing songs, and I was listening to this Dio compilation over and over again. And I just like, and we had a different band name from the beginning. It was super silly. It was Dragonheart, but there was like five other Dragonheart band out there. So. Uh, we, the label said we had to find another name, and then I was sitting with the cover, and that's uh, Dream Evil was on that compilation, so maybe Dream Evil. It's I'm not happy with that name, but that's how it ended up anyway. So actually, we are playing a lot of songs on our new set list from the first album because people asked for it, and that song save us. Every time we th- when we come to that song, I'm saying, "What the fucking retard have written that fucking guitar?" <laughs> <laughs> and then our bass player look at me, but it's you, Frederick. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm one of those people that gravitated to to that. I love the whole album, but but that song, I just I play it on repeat. So I'm one of those people that'll be yelling for you to play. <laughs> yeah, that, that, song, that also I think is a retarded guy who I have written. That's seven eight. <laughs> and the answer is again, yeah, but it's you, Frederick, who wrote that song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's super retarded. How can yeah. some shit? <laughs> I was yeah, I was actually so I know uh... <laughs> early on you you supported Blind Guardian also, which is is a, that was an awesome pairing. And then uh I know That's early awesome. There was only two shows, I think. Two shows, yeah. Yeah, and I remember when we were playing uh, the last show in Gothenburg, and I used to hear this dragon, 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 because we had played the song. I'm like, guys, we have to stop this dragon thing. And <laughs> we have to do something else. But no, we are stuck in this fucking metal thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to embrace, embrace the dragon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know so early on, you were working with Snowy Sean. He's quite the character. What was it like working with Snowy? <laughs> when you're working with his stuff, it's pretty creative. When he's a drummer in my band, he, he or any kind, whenever he plays music that he don't like, he's so angry. <laughs> he's actually he he recorded bass on an album uh, with me for four or five years ago. And he's a super good bass player. He's one of the best players I have had in the studio, actually. But he was sitting there. Oh, the fucking this fucking shit riff! Who come up with that shit? The guy sitting next to you. Maybe you should be a bit quiet. And he, <laughs> and he, he told me. That, and I think it's so funny when when I contacted him, he was like, "Oh yeah, he's a famous producer." And I show him the song "Heavy Metal in the Night." He said like straight up, "What the fucking hell is this? Is this candy camera?" <laughs> but it's, but then he comes out with you know the Kraken, and then. <laughs> Or no, what is it? No, yeah. um, the Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> so his own ideas are pretty zany too, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, 
so yeah uh and then i you know also just from from for my tastes um really everything uh like nicholas is one of my favorite vocalists to just in in general but um so i think that that uh he really brought so much to that you know all of the dream dream evil albums so i'm always happy to hear um what are you guys are you guys working on anything right now or do you know what's next for for dream evil we have a couple of songs but it's just like he met this new girl and he's in love like a teenager <laughs> Uh, so he you know wants all, all love songs. <laughs> you know what? I, I I remember he was doing backing vocals on the first Hammerfall album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I kept his number and I called him up when we had done like five songs today. We need to have a vocalist on. And I asked him if he can come down and sing on the demo. And he was like, uh, yes, I can do that. But no record contract, no tours. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're just going to sing on a demo. We're going to try to find another, another singer. And then after a couple of hours of singing, he's like, this is really good stuff, actually. I know a bass player. And then he called out Peter. <laughs> so he came down and he nailed those five songs in two hours. And suddenly we had a band. And we were like, yeah, but we're going to go for contract. Yeah, yeah, but no tours. And then we have done a couple of tours. and <laughs> So... Awesome. What's up? What's the next track you're adding, Eric? So, speaking of some some zany characters, uh, Demi Borgir, uh, Death Cult Armageddon, the track um, Progenies of the Great Apocalypse, which I think uh, that just encapsulates like the the production on that sound. There's a lot going on, so I don't know if you had any insight into your time with Demu. Yeah. Uh... Honestly, I think the album before uh, Puritonica is music-wise maybe a bit better. I actually had yeah. remixed it for them because they were never happy with the sound, which I don't really understand. But okay, I would try to make it more human. And but no, no, we we were down in Prague recording this symphonical orchestra, and I was sitting in the studio and we were tracking these guitars. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 geek like that. It went like that all the time. And I was like, what the guy, this is super boring. <laughs> we, we cannot have it like this. It's just like, this is, it's not good. No, but there will be keyboards on, they said. Okay. But then, Erwin, <laughs> the keyboard player, had contacted Gauti Storos, which is a very, very good uh, songwriter and composer for symphonical music. And so he transferred all his keyboard parts to the symphonical orchestra. And when we, when we start recording that song in the studio, I, I got goosebumps. I was like, it was euphoria. And I just looked at its gout then, just thumbs up. And then when they recorded the song, Irving came in, the keyboard player, and he said, like, I have a hard on. But, yeah, that that's, was a very, very... Had cool moment actually. Nice. <laughs> awesome. My uh, so my next track uh, going a little further down the road with Dream Evil. It's calling your name from 2006. United. That's on have... a. That's that's on a. That's I'll, We normally record eighteen songs, and then we let the heavy metal jury decide which twelve songs got to be on the album. 
And to be part of heavy metal, you're, you're not allowed to play an instrument. You have to be a heavy metal fan. And, so, and then we play the songs for them. And then after a couple of hours, we throw in a case of beer. And, and then they give us the album that they're gonna, we're going to have. But for that album, nobody can be united, as the album called also, which 12 songs is going to be. They said, this is impossible. So we decided to make a one and a half CD. So that song is on the half CD. Yeah, I, I really love those. I'm I'm thank I'm one fan that is thankful for that because I love those songs that that are on the the bonus. Um, I, I love the album too. Falling is another one that uh, I always crank. Uh, just excellent vocal melodies on there. Excellent excellent guitar melodies. And um, yeah, we'll kind of do a twofer here. I'll actually throw in uh, from from the latest album six. I'll throw in uh, Antidote because that has sort of become its own its own uh, anthem as well. Yeah, the music video is awesome. Also, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like yes. the best part of the video is when the train is coming, and we are so happy. <laughs> yes, and I love those always, um, you know, I love the sense of humor that gets weaved in because, you know, if you're going to stick with the, the dream evil and the dragon, you can also have the sense of humor along with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that song Calling Your Name, I, I remember when I wrote it and I was super happy with it. And the inspiration is actually a band called Ultravox. Uh, fuck, it's the name of that song, but they have a... Uh, had a big hits in the 80s. Dancing with fears in my eyes. Oh. Fears in my eyes. So that was kind of, I heard that song and I get this riff start going. And I was actually on my way to take out the song from the album, to send it into the Swedish Eurovision Song Contest. But then not everybody wanted to be on the Eurovision Song Contest. So, okay, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. And then I, I actually never realized that this one was a, a cover, uh, my number one. No, that, that was the winner two years before in the Eurovision Song Contest. And it was actually snowy. He was sitting home playing this guitarist. And he showed it to his girlfriend. <laughs> and he said, what do you think about this guitarist? Well, it's Helena Paparizzo, my number one, she said. And then we <laughs> And then she won the Eurovision Song Contest. And then we made this cover and we want to have it released, you know, when it was popular, still play all all the radios, but the label refused to release one single song. So it ended up on that album. Uh, the uh, But yeah, no, I, I when you listen to it in the context of the album, I didn't even realize that it was, it fits so well. I thought it was a Dream Evil song. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but the original version is kind of, what should you call it, Greek style sounding. Uh, you have to listen, play the original also in that case, if you're going to play that song. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, uh, and then Eric, what's, uh, do you we have? We have actually one more cover song up also. We did uh, Let the Killing Begin with Arch Enemy. Oh yes, we haven't and talked. We hadn't talked about Arch Enemy yet. What's what was it like working with them over the years? Yeah, but it's also it's like very professional band. Mike Amos is a super professional guy, and uh, so it's always nice 
to work with them. And uh, uh, so uh, I actually mixed uh, this band Black Earth, that is the original lineup of Archenemy, that is is the only do shows in Japan. So this is cool. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what's the last track that you're adding? Or do you have two, one or two? Um, I I had a one more. This is a newer one, actually. Um, hopefully, I pronounced the band name right. Uh, Ayatin. Uh Access All Worlds. Uh, all Worlds is the album. Uh, this came out earlier in 2021. I was gonna play the track, "The Tower of Cosmic Nihility," I believe is what it's called. Yeah, this is this is was a mix I did for this Danish band, and there was like, I they sent me a, a mail where they explained. In, in words, how they want to sound. We want the Tom's like cannons, you know, they was, instead of say, referring to other CDs and stuff like that, they had like <laughs> what they want to do. And I was like, when I stayed straight off, when I started working with this, this is fucking space metal. <laughs> and that singer, he reminds me a lot of about Seaman, the singer from, uh, clean singer from uh, Dimi Borgir. And he's from a small group of islands out in the Atlantic Ocean called Faroe Island. Mm. So, yeah, I've seen that on some shows in Copenhagen. I think they're going to go well with that band because it's a cool band. Yeah, that was that album was what first I had really heard from them. And yeah, I was I was impressed by it. As you said, space metal is a good uh, description yeah. of their sound. So. Yeah. Awesome. And you mentioned you wanted to crank some Lamb of God. We'll add some Lamb of God to the playlist. What uh, is there a song that comes to mind? Uh, fuck, I, I, I'm, I'm just listening. I don't check the titles and stuff like that. When I'm listening to music, very. It's all right. Very, we'll crank. Well, we'll crank some Lamb of God. Yeah. Have you ever seen them play live? I think I played on a festival when they were playing there, but I, of some reason, I didn't have the chance to see them because we were maybe loading stuff or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, no, uh, future. If you could, uh, if you could work with any band in history, have them come to your studio. You're working with them on an album. What's a band that comes to mind? <sighs> Uh, yeah, Lamb of God. I think what they're doing in the United States is brilliant already, but that's one of the bands, I think. Behemoth also. I never worked with them, and I, I, I saw them. We played on a, on a small festival in Skien in Norway, 2002, I think, or 2001. And then the band after us was Behemoth, and I saw them. I was like, fuck, this is cool. It's a very good band. Awesome. Awesome. So yes, this is Heavy Radio 44, Frederick Nordstrom. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an awesome conversation. Check out the work at studiofredman.com. And we're looking forward to these new releases that you've worked on. And uh, definitely here at Heavy Radio, we're always looking forward to some new dream evil. So we can't wait. Hopefully <laughs> the the world, the stars align and we can see you back over here in the States again. Yes, we actually 
I think we managed finally to 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 take us over to uh, yes, Prague power. Our Prague, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Not, so many failure. It's just like insane. It's like we, we like we went up to the American embassy. We had to travel 500 kilometers coming yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a pain to travel around around right now. Yeah, but also coming up there. And we filled all this paper. You cannot imagine how much paper you'd need to have to get a working visa in the United States. And there is yeah. one little little square thing that you haven't crossed. And they say, no, you have to go back and do everything all over again. And we have to travel back home. And then when then it's too late to travel. And then second time, our drummer, he had been landing in the United States when he went to honeymoon in Mexico. So that's because he has been in the United States and don't apply for a visa because he was only on the airport. They didn't let him into the country. So, that, but it has been a fantastic pleasure to talk to you guys also. Hell yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, great, thanks for adding your input there throughout the, uh, the song history. And uh, people can check out the playlist. Uh, Heavy Radio on Spotify and YouTube, and uh, crank it, Heavy Radio. That'd be good. Thank you. All right, we got it. Thanks, uh, thanks for your time. It was great talking to you, and honestly, an honor for me because when I was, uh, so I'm 35. So when I was really getting into heavy music, a lot of the bands in America were. I was not into and then that that dragon slayer album came out and that was like that was what i needed that was because i love dio and iron maiden and it was like finally a band that's like capturing this kind of majesty and so yeah it's uh i'm so glad you know you got that together and that you're still making music and uh hope to hope to see you uh live uh either over there or over here again soon yes okay thank you <laughs> Awesome. Kick-ass, kick-ass work. Thanks for all you've done in the heavy world. <laughs> Thank you very much.